Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6 and it says, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders and his name will be, what is it? He will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Those are the names that he, well, those are the things that he's going to be called. Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And it's a prophecy that Isaiah makes some 700 years before the Messiah comes, before Jesus is even born. You know, sometimes I say to my kids, hey, you know what? I reckon this is going to happen in a couple of days. And sometimes it happens and sometimes it doesn't. Isaiah prophesied 700 years before. Come on, that is amazing. If you look at the scriptures and you see all the prophecies that were told before Jesus came and after he came that he fulfilled, you will know that the gospel is true, that he is real. But he talks about who the Messiah will be and what he's going to do. Who is going to be and what he's going to do. And uh, last week we looked at how Jesus is our wonderful counsellor. And uh, he's, he, is too, he is indescribable and in how he is our guide. And if you missed that message, I want to encourage you, go jump on the church podcast or go to our YouTube channel because we are live streaming our services and you can watch it in Technicolor Color. You can see it live in action. And so uh, this morning, welcome to anybody on our live stream. It's so good to have you with us. Today, we're going to look at the next part and it is Mighty God, let's pray. God, this morning, we just thank you in this place that we haven't come to hear the words of men. We've come to hear the words of God. So I pray that you anoint these words. Speak to our hearts. Let us at this time remember your son, Jesus Christ, and how he fulfilled this prophecy so many centuries before he came in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone says, Amen. Amen. I can remember, or can anyone remember when you were younger? Now, for some of us, younger is a relative term, but I'm talking about when you were maybe five, six, or seven years of age, and you were at school, or if you're a little bit younger and you're at kinder, and you're at school and you're talking to your friends, and for some reason, the topics always came uh, about your dad. Does anyone remember that? Your dad's? Is that only me? Okay. I'm a bit, okay, a bit strange. But you'd be talking about your dad's and always be like, oh, my dad's better than yours. Come on, we all, we, come on, as if you never did that. My dad's better than yours, he's taller, he's, you know, uglier, he's meaner, and all those kinds of things we'd say about our dad. I remember myself, I'd always say, my dad's huge, he's so tall, he's a big guy, he's better than all your guys' dads. And I'd, I'd say that to my friends, here's the funny thing. I wasn't even living with my dad at that time. I actually had no memory of what he looked like, but I do know that my mum was telling me, your dad is tall, so I was just like, I'm just going to run with that and use that and tell people how you're so much better than all your dads. Some of you are saying, no, I never did that when I was younger. Well, you missed out. And maybe today in children's church, if you've got kids, maybe today in children's church, your kid is saying, my kid, my dad's better than your dad. And there's another one saying, no, my dad's better. And we're like, hey, this is not what we're in Elevation Kids for. We don't learn about Jesus. So hopefully that's what's happening in there. But we've all done it. 
It's human nature. There is something inside of us. And you may not have bragged about your dad. Maybe you bragged about your mom. And, and all, all the moms come. Can we give the moms a big clap here today? Amazing. We love you so much. Maybe you bragged about your dad or your mom. Or for you, it's your footy team. And uh, if you go for Collingwood, we, 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 you know, we just pray for God's blessing in your life. We, go, we don't hold it against you. But, you know, and, and you, for your footy team or maybe it's about your culture, you're like, yeah, I'm Lebanese or I'm Greek or I'm Italian or I'm Australian. You bragged about your culture or you brag about our nations. We have a tendency to talk ourselves up. Isaiah, he says this about Jesus. He says, for unto us a child is born and he will be called Mighty God. What is he? Mighty God. Say it with me. What is he? Mighty God. He is mighty God. And when it comes to Jesus, I want to tell you something. Isaiah is not talking up Jesus. He's not bragging, you know, like when I say that my dad's the best, he's the greatest, he's the, you know, the most awesomest. He is, but maybe he's not. But when Isaiah talks about Jesus and says he's a mighty God, can I tell you, he's a mighty God. He's not talking up. He's not exaggerating. He's giving an accurate description of who he is. There's another prophet in the Old Testament. His name is Jeremiah. And he has this to say about God and how great and mighty he is. Jeremiah 32:17. Ah, sovereign Lord, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and have an outstretched arm. Nothing is too hard for you. Nothing is too hard for you. Our God, our Jesus, our Messiah, our mighty God, He made the heavens and the earth by His great power. He outstretched His arms. He spoke and it came into being. I wish I had that kind of power in my life where I spoke and it happened. Like I struggle with my kids to say, do this, and for them to even listen to me, let alone doing it. But He spoke and what is too hard for Him? Nothing is too hard for Jesus. Maybe today you've come along here this morning and maybe you've got some problems in your life. I want to let you know there's nothing too hard for Jesus, for our mighty God to do. Maybe it's your relationship, your marriage is a mess. Maybe you've lost your job and your, your hours have been cut back. Your finances are, uh, uh, you're struggling and you're not sure how you're going to make it through. I want to remind you today, nothing is too hard for our mighty God. Maybe you're in a place where you've been to the doctor and you've got back news from your test and it's not looking good. You're sicker than you realize. It could be terminal. Can I say to you today, nothing, nothing, nothing is too small or too big for our mighty God, too hard. He is our mighty God. And maybe today as I talk Maybe today one of those things might be you. And as I talk about our mighty God, you would say in your life that you are not sure whether you believe in God or whether you believe in Jesus Christ. And you say that you're not sure whether he is a mighty God for you. But can I say this? Can I, I'm going to be praying. I'm believing right now that God would speak to you during this message. And during this message, you would have a revelation. And in your heart and in your spirit that you would say, you know what? I want to know this Mighty God, and at the end of my message, I'm going to give each one of us to invite the mighty God, Jesus Christ, into our lives. There's three characteristics about our mighty God that we need to know. The first is that God is omniscient. He is omniscient, which means He knows everything. Mighty God knows everything. The Scriptures say that He knows the hairs on your head. The Scriptures say He knew you 
in your mother's womb. It says that he, he knows when a sparrow drops dead. He knows when something like that happens. He knows your thoughts and he's thinking, yes, you, the person in, in, in the pews who's saying, I hope this pastor finishes soon because I want to go on a coffee. He knows what you're thinking. He is all-knowing. See, there's nothing that ever confuses God. There's nothing that ever has baffled him. There's nothing that has ever surprised him or bewildered him because he is a mighty God, omniscient, knowing everything. The other thing about God is he is omnipresent everywhere at the same time. Right now, across our 10 elevation locations here in Australia, Cairns, Redlands, Gold Coast, Tweed Coast, Yamba, Tamworth, Sydney, Penrith, the best, Melbourne West, Mandurah, all the way in Western Australia. God is present in every one of our churches, but not just elevation. Every church, many across Australia today, every nation in the world, God is present. Every single person who calls upon the name of Jesus says, God, I believe in you. God is present right where they are in their home, in the car, in the workplace, crying, excited, going through amazing times, suffering. God is om- um, um, what is he again? omnipresent. He, he is present with them. He is everywhere at the same time. And I'm just so amazed. At what that means for me. It means that he is with me. I don't have to go somewhere. You don't have to come to church to meet with God. He's where you are, right where you are. He is omnipresent. And then God is omnipotent. He is all-powerful. Mighty God is all-powerful. He can do anything. He made the planets and the moons and the stars. He hung them in the sky. He made the smallest thing down to the, uh, um, uh, um, down to the atoms and the neutrons and the, and the protons and all those things from the largest scale that you can imagine down to the very, very smallest thing. God made it all, our mighty God. He is all powerful. And the thing is, when we, when we think about some of these descriptors, these characteristics of God, I think that the first two are easy for us to comprehend and to agree with. You know, God is all-knowing and God is all-present. And we say, yes, we can believe that. But sometimes when it comes to the third one, God is omnipotent, God is all-powerful, it can sometimes be hard to process and to accept. And the question is, why do we struggle at times with, with, the God, with us saying that God is all-powerful. And it is because, to be honest, sometimes we look around and we feel like I'm not seeing the power of God. I'm not seeing God's power in my life or in the world around me. We look at the world and it's full of pain and it's full of suffering and there's wars and there's famine and there's corruption. And we might ask the question, God, where is your power? And in my life, I know that I've prayed at times for people terminally ill. I've prayed for parents who have had a child and they've been told, this child that is in your womb, it's not going to make it when it's born. I've prayed for other people. Their marriages are, 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 are on the rocks. Others who their business is going down the drain. And I've prayed for them, believed with them, fasted. And the outcome has not been what we wanted. And the question is, God... Where is your power? Perhaps today you're asking the same question. 
Maybe you've even the same things I've seen the same things I have or experienced worse, and you may have at times said, God, where is your power? And like I'm gonna to say today, I don't think that's only me who sometimes asks that. I think if you have a real relationship with God, you will have sometimes asked that in your life, God, where is your power? Well, today I want to reaffirm that mighty God is all-powerful. I wanted to remind us that regardless of what we see happening, God is all-powerful. And He moves and operates in ways that we sometimes don't understand. He is all-powerful. Jesus' power is real. He can heal the sick. He does bring life to death. He can restore relationships. He is there for our provision and blessings. His power is at work. We just don't always see it how we want to see it. We sometimes see it differently. And so today, I want to talk about how Jesus' power is at work in the world around us. If you're taking notes, I want you to write these down this morning. The number one, number one is Jesus' power is at work in you. Turn to the person next to you and say, Jesus' power is at work in you. Paul writes to the church in Philippi and he says this to them, Philippians 2.13, For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases Him. What pleases Him. (laughs) What pleases Him. Take a drink, break, guys. Turn to the person next to you say, you're looking good this morning. For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases Him. Where is God working? In you. God is working in you. For what reason? Why? Giving you what? The desire and power to do what? What pleases Him. God is working in you to give you the desire and the power what pleases Him. Often... In church, often in our Christian walk, we get confused about why Jesus came. We get confused about what our mighty God is about, what Christian life is all about. We think it's all about us, but church, it's actually all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. See, we say things like this, God, why is my life going bad? I thought that when I came to you that life would be better. Jesus, make my life easy. Take my problems away from me. Jesus, you know, just look after me. You know, we, we say, God, how come I didn't win the Powerball on Thursday night, the $80 million Powerball? Like, isn't that why you came, Jesus? To make my life better? Right? Maybe I'm not the only person who thinks like that, yeah? Why didn't, you know, here's what we need to know. God's power is not to make my life easy. God's power is to work in me to change me, to take me. I'm going to say it again. God's power is not to make my life easy. God's power is to work in me to change me. Man, if you're praying for God to change that person sitting next to you, can I encourage you, change your prayer to say, God, would you change what's in me? Change me. As he changes you, something will happen in in that dynamic. And see, God wants to take you from being selfish, self-centered, rude, all seen it, and he wants to make you Christ-like with love and compassion and peace and patience and long-suffering and all those things, those fruits of the Holy Spirit, gentleness and self-control. He wants to make you like that. And maybe today you look at your life and you're like, God, I don't see, I don't see your power in my life. 
Jesus, I'm not sure if you're the mighty God that you say you are in the Scriptures. I don't know if God's power has changed me at all. Can, can we do something right now? And I want to encourage you to do this in your day-to-day life. But in this moment here in church, can we just take like a five-second pause, a ten-second pause for you to look at how your life now is, is transformed, is changed from how your life was before you met Jesus Christ. And if you grew up in a Christian home, can I just say, can you look at your life and, and if you're following Christ and, and just say, God, I'm so grateful that my life is not how it could be. It's greater because you're with me. God has transformed your life. If you were to look back five, ten years ago, you would say, God, you have set me on a new path. This is what has happened in my life. If you seek, you will find and you will see God's power working in your life. Jesus' power is working in you. Number two, Jesus' power is at work for you. Jesus' power is at work for you. Uh, We're coming up to the end of the year. And every time it comes to the end of the year, we're feeling a little bit tired. We're feeling a little bit worn out. We're just ready for some time off, some leave. Is there anyone like that with me today? Looking forward to some time off, maybe going away. And I feel like that this year has just been a year where I feel extra tired as I'm coming into this Christmas season. And uh, a lot of people I speak to are saying the same things. And I feel like the, 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 the last, you know, four months... Eight months, 14 months, 18 months, you know, just been a season, right? And uh, can I say today, I love my kids, I love my wife, but I'm not sure family is supposed to be together 24-7, seven days a week, month after month after month after month. I just don't know about that one, right? And, you know, doing church this year and being online, it's been difficult. And, you know, full transparency and honesty with you this morning, church, there's been times where I've gone into my office uh, over in, outside the auditorium and I've, you know, had the video camera ready to record. I'm just like, God, I just don't know if I have anything to give. I just feel dry. I just feel like this season is so tough. I'm not sure if I'm, I'm hearing you, God, and I really need you to anoint these words that I'm going to speak because, Jesus, we need you at this moment. Just tired, and, and I can't vouch for everyone here, but so many people I speak to, both in the church and outside of church, have feeling that way, tired and worn out, emotionally empty, spiritually dry. And here's where we lean into Jesus. And here's where we lean into His power and His strength. In Isaiah 40, 29, 31, He says, He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even, even youths grow tired and weary. Can you remember when you were young and you had so much energy and you could just keep going and just, you know, just, I'm going to take the world. Well, it says in the scriptures, even youth grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall. Man, if you're older, you don't even get a mention. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. Where's your hope today? Man, if you're hoping in a person on a stage, if you're hoping in a name of a church, if you're hoping in the government, if you're hoping on your looks or your finances, can I tell you today, all those things 
could and may fail you, but it says in the scripture that those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and they will not faint. If you're weary today, if you're tired, if you're emotionally just worn out, spiritually dry, if you feel like you're stumbling at the end of this year, you're just going to make it to the end of this year, exhausted and all those things, take heart. The scriptures reveal mighty God is with you. He's working through you. Those who hope in the Lord will renew your strength. Put your hope in Jesus and let him renew your strength. If the keys could come. See, Jesus' power is at work in you. Jesus' power is at work for you. And then number three, Jesus' power is at work through you. See, Jesus' power in you and then Jesus' power for you. Results in Jesus' power then working through you, through you to touch the world around you. Uh, a few years ago, I was um, um, working with a young man. He, he, I spent some time with a young man over several months just talking to him. And this young man, he looked like he had everything going for him on the outside. And yet on the inside, he was seriously struggling. He had some serious uh, mental health issues and he was just in a place where he felt all alone. He just couldn't see a way out and he was a mess. And I honestly felt out of my depth, not knowing what to do with this, with this guy. And I want to let you know at Elevation, we believe in professionals, leveraging professionals. And so if you come to me after the service today and you say, hey, my finances are not too good, I'm going to say to you, you know what you need to do? You need to go see a financial advisor. He's the professional in that field. Go speak to him. If you come to me after the service and you say, I've got these really deep issues that are deep within inside me, these hurts and wounds I'm carrying from my childhood or from recent years, I'm going to say, you know what you need to do? You need to go see a counselor, psychologist. They're the person who are professionally uh, worked to know how to do that. If you come to me and you say that you want to have your car checked, your engine checked. I'm going to say, bring it around to my house. We'll just pull out the oil and change it. No, I'm going to say to you, you need to go to a mechanic because he's the professional in this field to do those types of things. So what I did was I referred this guy, obviously, obviously I referred him to health professionals. He went to doctors, he got some medication and all those things. But there was, there was just something in his spirit that none of those things could answer for him. There was this hole in his heart that the doctors, the psychologists, the medication could not address. And he was searching and seeking and he, and he knew that there was something wrong with him. But he knew that there was something wrong with this world and he wanted to know there must be more. And so over several months I spent time with him talking to him about Jesus and reading scripture to him and he was hungry for the things of God and just talking to him, catching up for coffee and talking about the future and his hopes and dreams and how Jesus loves him so much and we spent time like that and during that time I could sense Jesus' power working through me to touch this young man's life and I could sense God's presence coming around him 
and just healing him and bringing him to this place of acceptance. And, and uh, we spent some time together. And anyway, it wasn't long after that that he left. And, you know, that happens, uh, that, that happens in, in church circles. And he, he went away and he, he was doing a lot better and he'd given his life to Jesus Christ. And then one day I got a, uh, I got a call from him out of the blue. And uh, we hadn't spoken in a while. And he said, hey, man, I I just want to thank you for what you did. He said, you saved me. He said, I I never told you this. He goes, but often I would call you at nighttime during the day. You know, we'd catch up at the park and or at the coffee. And, you know, he goes, I I was seriously in a place of just thinking, I'm going to, this is it. It's over. I'm going to end my life. He goes, but you would speak with me. You would pray for me. You would encourage me. And I would just get off that phone call just feeling so much different. And you made a difference in my life. You saved my life. You saved my life. And you know, I said to him, hey man, i got to let you know something. That wasn't me. That was Jesus' power working through me to come into you, to work in you, to work for you. Jesus' power. And I'm going to tell you something, man. I didn't save you. Jesus Christ saved you. He's the one who deserves all the praise and all the glory. And the last time I spoke to him, he's now a dad. He's doing amazing. He's living up in northern New South Wales. God has really changed his life. And how does Jesus' power work like that through us to touch someone's life like that church? Well, it says in Acts 1a, and we shared this scripture a little bit recently, it says this, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the, world, of the earth. See, the power of Jesus works through you to be Christ's witness to the world around you to your world, to the sphere of influence that you have, to the people that you know, so that you can change someone, so that the the power of Jesus working through you can change someone's life in an instant, in an instant matter, can transform transform their life in an instance that you would never be able to do by your own power in a thousand years with that person. Jesus' power can transform them in the moment. And what we need to realize is it doesn't matter if you're a stay-at-home mum or dad. It doesn't matter if you're running your own business or if you're an employee. It doesn't matter if you're a pastor of a church. Jesus' power is available to work through you, to work in you, and to work for you. All you have to do is step out in faith and say, Jesus, I step out in faith. The Holy Spirit power, the dunamis power will come upon me to be your witness to the people around me. Every one of us have people in our lives right now who are going through something in our lives. And Jesus places us there in their life, in their world, as as their friend, as their family member, as their work colleague, to speak into their life, to say to them, Hey, I know someone whose name is Jesus Christ. Hey, I know a bunch of people that you need to meet. Hey, I go to this place, this church, Elevation Church. I think you'll find it's possibly not what you think church is like. I think you'll find it's a lot more lively and, and, and the people are awake and they actually want to be at church and it's a friendly place. Why don't you come along? I think it will make a huge difference in your life. 
Today, as I close up 2,000 years ago, Jesus chose 12 ordinary people. Ordinary people. The Scriptures say He went to ordinary men. He didn't go to the religious leaders of the day. He didn't go to the pastors, the people that you would think Jesus would choose, the men that He would want to lead to start a revolution, to change the course of history. No, he, he rejects the religious people. He goes to ordinary men, ordinary women, fishermen, tax collectors. There's a doctor in there. These guys, they're not spiritual leaders. They're not carrying any spiritual weight in their churches. They're just ordinary people. God goes to them, ordinary men. But when the power of Jesus, when mighty God came upon their lives, He starts to work in them starts to change them. He starts to work for them. And then He starts to work through them and through these 12 people. And then there were 50. And then there's 120. And then there's 3,000. And then before we know it, there's a fire burning all over the world as the gospel of Jesus starts to envelope the world and the Holy Spirit is poured out in power and might. They do extraordinary things that have changed the world forever. Today, as I look at our church, we're just a bunch of ordinary people, ordinary men and women, ordinary young people, ordinary old people, just just ordinary people. But we're ordinary people who know an extraordinary God, an extraordinary God, a mighty God. And through through knowing that mighty God, He's omniscient, He's omnipresent, omnipotent. He wants to work His power in you for you and through you not just to change your life but to change the lives of the world around you for unto us a child is born and he will be called mighty God let's pray this morning Jesus